This is a HeadGum Podcast. What's up, shitheads? Welcome back to another episode of High and Mighty. It's me, your boy, the number one fuckboy, the number one fuckboy. All you gotta do is trust me. Johnny G, joining me in the High and Mighty studios is my nearly silent co-host, Arthur Gabris. Arthur, give the people a shout out. What do you gotta say? You're turning 11 soon. Any news for the people? That's a solid no from uh, Arthur. My, by the way, for listeners, Arthur is a dog. I do not have a person that sits here and does not talk in quarantine. Also joining me in the High and Mighty Studios, first time guest. Uh, we've crossed paths a dozen plus times in the last 10 years, but I'm a fan of hers and you will be too if you aren't already. From Difficult People and the Double Threat Podcast, it's Julie Klausner. Hi, John. Hi, Julie. How are you? I'm okay. I didn't expect that you were going to go full morning zoo for your intro, but I like it and I'm on board, bored, bored. <laughs> You're on board. Welcome, Klausner. You are okay. on high and mighty. Sure, fine. Let's go. Yes, and. I know. I'm humiliated by the fact that I got into podcasting with my only experience being like... <laughs> 20 years of listening to Howard and Opie and Anthony. What about <laughs> sports radio? Did you ever listen to any of those goons? Uh, yeah, Mike and the Mad Dog every day in my oh house my growing up. Oh my god. Well, there you go. I mean, that's certainly an aesthetic. <laughs> yeah, my dad My dad worked nights, so he didn't leave for work until like 2 o'clock in the afternoon. Mm -hmm. So that meant every day was blasting on his boombox while he yeah. worked out and did chores. We had Howard... Then ONA, and then Mike and the Mad Dog. What and about, sometimes Imus. I was going to ask about Imus. My dad was a big Imus fan. Uh, we all sort of turned our backs on Imus around the same time. Uh, but he, uh, that's what I grew up on. And so that's like literally every, like while getting ready for school, Opie and Anthony would be playing in my house. <laughs> I must admit that my dad went through an Imus phase as well. And I must admit, in addition to that, that. While we may not like what he had to say, we all have to agree that he looked really cool in that cowboy hat. <laughs> <laughs> Just like what, how insanely at it, like a, a guy's like, I'm going to start wearing a cowboy hat and saying racially charged remarks in my show. It's like <laughs> but, but and yet it's so East Coast. You yes. know what I mean? <laughs> right. It would be like if Curtis Sliwa traded his beret for, you know, a trucker hat or something. And you're like, you're you're the you're you're from the Bronx. You're the most Bronx guy ever. But Imus, um here's my next question. Is Imus dead? Oh, that's a great question. It's a great question. He has to be. We don't let's not Google and let's not find out. No, no, let's not. Either way, it's an. Uh, either way, will be sad. <laughs> either way, it's a tragedy. Yeah. Either way, he's he's dead and that's sad, or he's alive and he outlived my dad, which is and sad. that's even worse. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Wait. So, did you grow up in the New York area to know uh, knowing all these? Uh, or yeah, yeah. I grew uh, up in Westchester, and my dad is from the Bronx, and my mom is from Brooklyn, and they lived in Manhattan when I was born. They lived in Gramercy on Second Avenue, and I think. 24th Street and I was born in 78 which is the year after the fabled some summer of Sam with the blackout and you were born in the summer of Julie as they were calling I was it. born in the summer of Sa here comes Sam Moore <laughs> it's Julie um, <laughs> but my mom likes to tell me I was conceived during the 77 blackout which doesn't make sense mathematically but it's nice to know they were having sex <laughs> Yeah, you're like that doesn't work out math wise, mom. But I appreciate Good for you yeah. for getting yeah. laid uh, 43 years ago. Here's a fucking medal. Um, <laughs> but yes, we are a very New York family. And then you know we we went up to the suburbs, and I grew up in Scarsdale with a bunch of Jewish, uh, you know, I, I'm gonna say other Jewish princesses, even though I've got you know my own stuff going with like a relationship towards that stuff. And then I went to NYU, so I've lived in New York City for. Uh, uh, shit what is it 24 years now Hell i've lived yeah. in manhattan yeah wow yeah. so wow. we're very we're we're new york jews oh excellent yeah we're uh we're new york uh, uh italians but not from okay uh my grandparents lived in uh astoria and long okay. island we're on the island now uh south shore of nassau county uh, okay. we gr i grew up in freeport okay 
I, I, was, I grew up surrounded by black and Hispanic people, then moved mm-hmm. to Belmore, where I was surrounded okay. by the aforementioned princesses. I got yeah, to meet them. I mean, look, we're, we're all a combination of Japs and trash, and <laughs> yes. that's what makes New York, that's what makes New York, New York, and also that, you know, Jews and Italians, even though there's definitely, like, we all have, you know, unique racisms. There is a familiarity and a bond amongst us specifically that is just we're both we both know where we're coming from. It's almost like Israelis and Palestinians. It's like, well, that's actually a terrible example. We're not like <laughs> yeah. Israelis and Palestinians. <laughs> we, we all like hummus is, I guess, what I was trying to say. But it's, we're nothing like we're nothing like that at all. Actually, I'm going to step back very, very briskly. I was like, I'm out of my depth here. Uh, I trust you. So um, am I. Uh, well, Italians and Jews have a lot in common in that, yes. like, we have weird, complicated uh, mom, yep. like a matriarchal sort of yep. uh, thing Absolutely. going on. Mom's in charge. And then food equals love or and or medicine. Absolutely. Like, or, and or therapy. <laughs> like, Absolutely. <whatever. laughs> all of the above. All of the above. And then it's also poison when they're mad at you. And you, yeah. they, re- they suddenly realize you're fat. You're like, I've been fat my whole fucking life. Why do you now know and care? Yup, that's there too. <laughs> that was like what I told my parents when I was like 16. I'm like, well, you know I'm fat because you guys clap when I finish my plate. So like, <laughs> and I'm seeking love for my and attention from my parents. They who- applaud? Really? <laughs> Not really, but it was like, look at, oh, Jonathan's coming over. He's got an appetite. Jonathan, I made your favorite yeah. people here. Like every aunt well, and uncle. Well, it's very joyful. I mean, it's a really fabulous compliment when you cook something and someone likes it. I mean, there's really a wonderful sense of pride to that experience. It's a perfect dynamic. It's like a receptive audience to a wonderful bit. Like, Yeah, uh, it's great. When grandma whips out a tray of meatballs and her chubby little grandson comes running in and eats, eats 18 meatballs, like eats more well, meatballs than his uncles. Like, and everyone like Jonathan is such an appetite and I'm yeah. like adults like me adults like me this well, will be how I get like attention me, but, from- <laughs> but also you guys you Italians if I may you also just have objectively delicious food I mean you ate 18 meatballs because every one of those meatballs was fucking delicious whereas my grandmother on my father's side made cocktail meatballs with grape jelly and ketchup in the sauce <laughs> and I'll tell you something those were pretty good too <laughs> they, that did not uh did not uh, stop me or slow me down for a split second. I was like, I mean, ooh. <laughs> yeah, but but I will say, I if I were, if I had grown up Italian, I would definitely be, and I've always had like weight issues uh, and, and issues around food, but if I were Italian, forget it. I would just be... I, I you'd I'd have to like need help getting out of the house. I'd be so fat because I went to I went to I remember I had a roommate in college who had me home and she was from Queens and she uh, had me for Easter one year and I was just walloped uh, course after course of just the best pasta you've ever had the best the best. Any, like anytime you've gone to an Italian restaurant, just like everything that's on the menu, preemie, you know, the, the whole the whole thing. And then once you're done with this beautiful Italian feast, then they bring out the turkey and then they bring out the ham. <laughs> there's meanwhile, there's candy everywhere. It was just I'd never experienced anything like it in my life. <laughs> well, Italians, uh, uh, we have two attitudes towards food, obviously quality. We love to like. Yes. Build and work on stuff. But there's something about quantity. And I think it's. Yes. It's sort of uh, more Italian American, too. And, and tradi- like blue collar American, where it's like the bang for your buck. Like, Absolutely. My mom and dad referred to chicken parm by the, mm. by its size per like oh my dad would be like Johnny Umberto's they give you a fucking chicken parm like a doormat and it's like <laughs> uh, how does it taste it doesn't matter it's fucking huge you can well, take also, you, can, you can eat half of it parm. bring it I know have you ever had bad chicken parm oh you mean <laughs> breading cheese sauce and fried in olive oil those are like that's the whole right. that's my father son and it, holy ghost it that's all need I need to be chicken it could be cardboard it don't matter that's the best food ever it doesn't matter how because that's the idea is that it's you're just assuming that it's delicious so you're right size plenty you know italian serve family style which means that you're supposed to pass something around but you really don't because (laughs) portion wise it's all worked out that everyone's gonna get a platter worth of food but you're right it it definitely betrays a certain amount of scarcity the the appreciation of this you know giant thing that i'm gonna have to take home later it makes you feel safe 
Yeah, I think I saw. I think I'm ripping this off uh, Bourdain's Naples episode, mm. Mm. but. The Italian Americans, when they came to, they couldn't believe how much beef they could get. So that's where like the fucking softball sized meatball and like uh, the trays of stuff came from because beef was so sca- a lot of the stuff was so scarce in the old country. When they came to America, okay. they're like, "I'm gonna give my son the biggest fucking meatball he's sure. ever seen." Sure. Oh, that's interesting because I also love you know I love Italian like the Italian food you have in Italy as much as. American Italian food. I mean, that in its own right is just incredible. Whereas, like, I know that there's sometimes you can have a big preference to Chinese American food as opposed to Chinese food. There's a big disparity. Right, Um, right. But Italian food, I think it's very simple. I think you're right. I think, like, Italian food and versus Italian American food and Chinese food versus Chinese American food Mm -hmm. is really on display in our topic here in New York. That the those the main things I miss from East Coast food, having moved to LA a few years ago, is uh, you can get decent Italian out here now, despite there being no like Little Italy or anything. Yeah, and also Italian's hard to fuck up. Yeah, but ge- God forbid you can find General So's west of the Mississippi. I just is that cannot. True? The, so many places don't have it. They have orange chicken, sesame chicken, or General's chicken, but huh. none none of it is the same. Whereas in New York, it's like if you what like one of the things when I would go back to visit for stupid gigs or whatever, I'd always they'd always put me up in some random hotel in Midtown. And I'd be sure. like, my plan is whatever the closest Chinese. I have my favorites, but whatever the closest yeah. Chinese food place is, I'm trying it because I'm running this theory that like the fucking most random ass Chinese food restaurant in Manhattan is better yeah. than any Chinese food you can find out here. With the exception well, of Chinese LA, American though, not food. Not the yeah. Bay Area. You're not talking about the Bay Area because the Bay Area is its own. They've got it. Yeah. I'm, oh yeah. They're not messing around out there. And also we have San Gabriel Valley where there's like a lot of like real deal chi- authentic really? Chinese restaurants which are fucking awesome. Like, I don't know anything about San Gabriel Valley and the Chinese restaurants there. Me Tell me neither. everything. But there's like it's like uh, just uh, outside of L.A. in the SGV, mm-hmm. it's like so it's, many uh, like Chinese Szechuan? immigrants. Yeah, Szechuan, a lot of uh, like uh, dim sum places. Like, and I love dim sum. I'm telling, and it's like one of those, one of the best things about living in a major city in America is that you can get this feeling of being somewhere else entirely. You get it yes. in Manhattan, just no matter how expensive and crazy Manhattan gets, you'll still can go into a restaurant and be like, I can't believe we're currently in America. Yeah. And, like, <laughs> and yep. San Gabriel Valley has those places where I'm like, I'm a 45 minute drive from my house and I'm just mm-hmm. pointing at shit on a menu. I can't pronounce anything. I can't speak any of this language. Oh, so you don't have any allergies that you need to worry about? You can go into a restaurant and just say, surprise me. Oh, I have the fucking like GI tract of a billy goat. I can oh, go. Oh, in- <laughs> I'm so jealous because I'm I'm always anxious with someone with allergies and food restrictions. I wish I was someone that like ate anything or ate everything. I think I'd have a better life. Oh, I I could only imagine, especially with like uh, like uh, food where the host doesn't speak English, the waiter doesn't speak English, and you're like, exactly. Please exactly. tell me there's no garlic in this. I will. Inflate. <laughs> I have I have allergies and I'm newly vegan, which uh, which is very very challenging. And I don't like being one of those people. I don't like the associations with it. It's just something that I did for me and not for you know how I'm perceived. But I really do. I I love it when someone just says I, I eat anything, and I think it's a very attractive trait. But you know, I see what you're saying are. though. Like. You don't go in and go like I'm vegan. You, you'll be like you'll just like low key be like okay, this is the vegan option. I'll order this. You don't have, but like I there is that will fear. Take the server aside, oh, I like my this. voice. <laughs> I don't want to be the difficult, and especially because it's like, look, I'm like a white woman. I'm gonna seem like a Karen. I don't want to <laughs> make everybody's experience there annoying, more irritating than they already have to endure. You know, dining with me to begin with, just to hang out with me. Um, I usually just take the server aside, and on the down low, I'm like, listen. And I have two really annoying things I'm about to tell you. One is I'm vegan, and the other I have a couple allergies. <laughs> Usually they're very nice. <laughs> it didn't used to be like that growing up, though. People are way more tolerant about, you know, allergies and things like that. I've got some friends be, with, but... like, now we all have friends with food allergies, and, and I live in Los Angeles, so, like, uh, if eight of us go out to dinner, there's a chance. Yes. Like, there, there's a chance. There's eight different diets on, on display. Oh, and especially in L.A. And I and I respect that. And uh, the, well, also. 
I will never tell a server that I have an allergy to something that I simply don't like because I think that is absolutely immoral. And as someone who does have allergies, just completely unacceptable and so shitty. It's like stolen allergy valor. It's like saying you have a a disability when you don't want to walk upstairs. Like, no, that's not the same. (laughs) Absolutely not. But I love dim sum. um, And I will say, you know, since I since I stopped eating like animal stuff, I have been in carb heaven, which is a beautiful, beautiful place for me because I, I, I've, I've tried, I don't know if you've ever like dieted, but the only, like cutting out starches to me is really just cutting out any reason to live. Um, sweets and starches are just like mommy and daddy as far as I'm concerned. That's really fun. Those sweets and starches are on my first to go overboard if I need to start, uh, when I need they're to start. They're hard to stop. They're hard to stop eating. There's yeah. no question. But if they're missing from my diet and they're missing from my life, I definitely feel like I've given something up that hurts, that I like, oh. that I actually like miss, <laughs> miss my friends or family somehow. <laughs> I have no, no sweets. I, I love, I can have mm-hmm. ice cream, I can have sweets, but I have no, yep. they have no power over me. Really? It's portions that have power over me. I cannot oh, that's feel full. So you're a size queen. I'm a size queen. Oh, for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Interesting. And uh, uh, my wife would explain to me how that's very ironic. And I don't have to go into any more details oh, about that. no. <laughs> I'm so six- are you the kind of person? Well, yeah, you're a big guy anyway. <laughs> yeah. You're, I'm six- three- you're six what? I'm six two, 300 pounds. And, yeah. Uh, I'm a si- and I'm a size queen. Well, I mean, that kind of makes sense. I don't think that's ironic at all. I mean, are you the kind of person that just wants a lot no matter what? it is like could you eat like a giant salad or are you just like fuck that that is what i that like is what i have to do when i'm eating my healthiest is when i'm eating giant salads and like tons of lean protein fish and chicken and shit yes yes because apparently that fills you up like um uh protein is best for What's that called? Sati- satiety, I think, like to make you say satiated. Oh, yeah. yeah. Satiatedness, satiation, yeah, something like that, <laughs> something like that. But I just, I never like. I wish I liked salads more. I just feel like I'm. It, I, I don't know. Eating like a lot of raw vegetables, it makes me feel like it's a task. It, it feels very homeworky. It does feel like I'm grazing. Um, so it's challenging to be a vegan that's not crazy about vegetables. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, some I like. I love the tomato. I guess the tomato's a fruit. But, you know, I, I love I love that. I like artichokes, you know. <laughs> but I'm not really, I'm not great at, are you a cook? Do you cook? I am a, a bit of a cook. Uh, oh, that's good. My wife is an, like, she in, enjoys cooking and is very good at it. Oh, I'm that's like, great. I'm like could live alone in a pandemic and survive kind of cook. Got it. I would have a hard time hosting people. Like my wife cooks for friends. Like that's something she has the ability to do. Oh, that's great. Me, I'm, I'm like I, I can whip up whatever I want, but I'm my best customer because right. as you've heard, who cares about? F- I'm just here for right, portions. It's just quantity. <laughs> yeah. um, I I am a beautiful baker. I bake beautifully. I can do some really really amazing things with baking, but cooking, I've never quite figured out i don't know if it's because i'm scared of fire I, I'm not, <laughs> I, there's a certain improvisational quality to it that makes me anxious um there's a certain alchemy that happens magically that i've just never quite gotten my my hand i, I don't know like i there's oh there's too many variables that's because they say like oh you need to be more precise with baking it's like yeah it's math and two plus two <laughs> equals four whereas cooking there's just so many opportunities to go wrong and that's where i am not great at um Oh, see, fun not and good like at it. I'm I'm not good at baking at all because I'm not good at exact. I'm not even like mm-hmm. my my style of cooking is slow and low, so it's like unfuck upable. Oh, okay, it's always like oh, put it bake it in the oven on low or use right. the slow pot or uh, put the pan on low and put the sauce like and all you that. You can do that. That's I can do all that. But my wife, huh. she can't bake at all because it's too many rules. She's very good. Like she'll look, can look at a recipe and judge it how she wants, wow, which is okay. why she can't bake because um and i'm oh, not trying to so interesting no that's fascinating to me <laughs> i also wonder if it's because you're an improviser that you can have you know a little bit more elasticity with how things are gonna go i guess there comes along with that like a certain confidence yeah i don't like i'm not good at rules and like mm-hmm. i i'm eat 
I'm like I I have a hard time keeping track of them, and I'm realizing now what I'm describing is like uh, the root of like my wife doesn't like anyone to tell her what to do, and I'm like oh mm-hmm. that uh, she inc- that includes a recipe like she's just like really? no 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 she's like no more like we've because of quarantine we've been doing yes. some recipes some of the yes. don't tell anyone the Allison uh, Roman uh, recipes oh please <laughs> Here, here's the thing about Allison Roman she and, and obviously I'm sure that there's things that she's done that are horrible and she probably maybe she stole this recipe but she is responsible for publishing that recipe that has coconut milk and chickpeas and turmeric that Everyone I know is making this winter, even (laughs) people I know who don't cook, including me. And it was outstanding. It's so good. It's like a turmeric vegan stew and it has like cilantro in it and you put it over rice and it's foolproof. And when I found out that she was responsible for that recipe, I said, Team Allison, I said. (laughs) Hashtag the stew for life. I was I was up for hosting the stew, but I didn't get the I didn't get the gig. (laughs) It's like the soup, but the bits are like older and chunkier somehow. Exactly. (laughs) You're doing the the stew in 2020 is like all fucking I love uh, hip hop. uh, Right. It's (laughs) just love and hip hop jokes. It's like you make you make stew from scraps that you have no other use for. That's what that show was. It comes on after the soup and it's just like a more tired host kind of. Let's see what we can make out of this. Here's a reality show nobody watches. Yeah, here's a commercial, I guess. <laughs> here's another commercial. Oh, God. Do you experience stress, anxiety, chronic pain, or have trouble sleeping at least once a week? You're probably going, uh, yeah, Gabrus, that sounds like me. Well, many of us do. I personally am experiencing stress and anxiety, chronic pain to a lesser degree, and I definitely have trouble sleeping. And for me, I discovered Feels. Uh, Feels is a premium CBD company that delivers directly to your doorstep. Uh, CBD naturally helps reduce stress, anxiety, pain, and sleeplessness. Um, For me, I take uh, a big dose before bed, uh, sometimes along with some THC or depending on my last... uh, you know, consumption of THC. Um, I'll just take straight CBD, a few drops under the tongue, and you feel the difference within minutes. Uh, the thing about CBD is you got to find your right dose. And so uh, you got to experiment a little bit, titrate it up, titrate it down. But if you're new to CBD overall, Feels offers a free CBD hotline to help guide your personal experience. Uh, so do yourself a favor and join the Feels community to get Feels delivered to your door every month. You'll save money on every order and you can pause or cancel at any time. Feels has me feeling my best every day, and it can help you too. Become a member today by going to feels.com slash mighty, and you'll get 50% off your first order with free shipping. That's F-E-A-L-S dot com slash mighty to become a member and get 50% automatically taken off your first order with free shipping. Feels.com slash mighty. F-E-A-L-S dot com slash M-I-G-H-T-Y. Get that CBD poppin'. How how is this transition to uh, plant plant based uh, diet? How's that going for you? It's not as hard as I thought. The the hard thing is fish. Fish sneaks into my diet, and I am trying to uh, come to terms with it because I want to be well. Maybe maybe I'm too obsessed with labels. Maybe it's a matter of me wanting to call myself vegan instead of call myself pescatarian, and maybe it is just me trying to, you know, like. I, I am someone that does things at extremes. So I don't like being the person that's like, well, I'm going to do meatless Monday. Like it was when I decided, I said, look, I just am. And that was the way it was. And back in January. So the idea that I have been, you know, eating fish like once a week or something, I can either accept or I can work on or I can like let go of my attachment to how I'm defined. But maybe my body needs it. Maybe it's just something that I need to like permit myself as I go towards the next step. Maybe I do need to just like say, look, I eat fish. I did it for animal related reasons. I did not do it for anything having to do with health or weight loss or even environmentally. Um, I just wanted the ability to opt out of any conversation whatsoever about people being cruel to animals just by saying nope and to be able to shut it down and then not feel like I was 
you know, living with a conscience of, well, you can't just not listen to stories about this and then also eat meat. So that was my version of, you know, my side of the street is is clean, except for those fucking fish, because the fish keep swimming to my clean side of the street and I can't help but gobble them (laughs) because Uh, I miss sushi and I miss like I like a tuna fish sandwich or like a grilled piece of salmon. And I I'm, I'm like I said, I'm working on it. I'm trying to reconcile whether or not that's that's OK. Uh, I mean, I, I, you didn't ask me for permission, but I'll yep. say, I'll say that any improvement you're doing to eat less animals yeah. uh, and yeah. to is like, is wondrous. You know what I mean? Like if you're <sighs> da- if you're eating fish yeah. once a week, that is so much better. And I think, and you, you do. I, you said yourself that you're extreme, so I understand. Like you yes. do whatever makes you feel comfortable. Yeah. But I think, I think a lot of people are so afraid to mm-hmm. like. They're like, I'm not going to be fucking vegan. It's like, well, you could also mm-hmm. just eat steak Mm -hmm. once a month and not Mm -hmm. like I'm sort of on the my wife doesn't eat beef and pork and since Mm -hmm. because of quarantine I'm not like Mm -hmm. making her make me sausage or anything so I've pretty much eliminated beef and pork from my diet and we have we're so much more plant-based and then we have chicken and fish every once in a while I I don't I don't restrict my diet at all if I'm out I'll eat whatever I want but sure just making these minor choices have already we've already reduced our consumption and so much and it's like I think more people who are like me who are like, I don't have mm-hmm. any issues with eating. And like, if we just mm-hmm. fucking were like, I have, you know, vegan till dinner or mm-hmm. uh, meatless Mondays, or I only right. eat beef and pork when I go to a restaurant and I right. can order high quality. And who goes to restaurants anymore? No one, right, exactly. I mean, that's the idea. <laughs> Honestly, the only thing besides the besides the fish, the only thing, the thing I miss most is cheese. And oh, I know that yeah. there, I mean, there is a book floating around by neil bernard and i don't know if he is because there's so many different like nutritionists and food people and some of them are you know like so many people have their own agendas and it's hard to say like who's this and who's that but he does have a book about how cheese has this opioid effect and how like it's it's an addiction that takes a really long time to get over and i am definitely feeling that very loud and clear i mean pizza was my favorite food um so to give that up was probably the probably the hardest thing it wasn't like i'm going around going oh i wish i could have a juicy burger (laughs) that's not what i miss at all pizza is a tough one when i was trying to eat uh like low carb pizza and sandwiches were the two things i missed the most Uh, i'm oh yeah it's devastating although i will say with vegan there is so you can do a grilled cheese it occurred to me recently that with a grilled cheese it's really more about the texture and the like the bread and whatever kind of butter substitute you like use for the bread and that the cheese is kind of there almost as like a textural like glue kind of thing but you're really into the 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 bread tasting this buttery kind of way so I will say the grilled cheese is more doable than uh, I have yet to find a really good vegan pizza so far but I'm looking and I'm I'm trying to use like bruschetta instead of cheese on the top so I can have the crust and make like a little you know like a good quality like olive oil and you know basil and tomato thing instead but it's you miss it I mean I don't know what to say maybe it'll go away in a year but that's the thing I miss yeah well that's the other thing I'm I'm happy about like the more people who eat plant-based the more Mm -hmm. people who are prompted to design better cheese you know what I mean like it's like right and uh you're onto something here because as a I consume cheese, but every once in a while I have vegan cheese, whether it's because uh, I'm with one of my uh, yeah. lactose intolerant friends or whatever. Yeah. And I think you're right. Hot and melted is where vegan cheese blossoms, at it's, least. In, it's in, work, in, yeah, we're working. To, they're working toward it. That's what my vegan friend said. Now she said that the, here's the thing about vegan cheese is you just have to be you just have to wait. You just have to be patient yeah. because they're working <laughs> on it. But I find the the cheese that they use in like. Something that's popular in LA is an impossible burger that is kind of. I love the impossible burger. Big fan of the impossible burger. And they set it up like it's an in and out burger. So it's like cheese, pickles, onions, or whatever. And whatever the uh, nut cheese that they're using, when it's melted, it really hits like a craft single. Well, a Vile Vile Life, there's Vile Life, there's Daya. 
and Daya, then there's Daya, the nut yeah. the nut ones are their own there are their own thing but yeah Daya it really is yeah more about texture but pizza the cheese is the main thing you're not gonna have like an impossible patty kind of like blending in so it like that's that's when cheese is on display right yeah that's like a a vegan charcuterie board is where it'll fall apart rapidly no just no just give me a cracker and like have have, put some avocado on it if you're gonna you know what (laughs) i mean like at a certain point it's just like i I just i just need to do without that that's just a choice that i made right right yeah it is kind of it is that weird thing too where you're like i don't eat meat or cheese but i eat Mm -hmm. exclusively simulations of it like right and i acknowledge that that that's not terribly healthy in some ways of like process. But, but again, that's not why I did it. I right. did not. It's not about me. It's not about me. You're not yeah. out there trying to save the Satan. You're, you know, you're doing this for animals. So. Satan. I, I don't mind. It's the tempeh. I don't like, I don't like tempeh. I don't like those textures. I, I do really enjoy impossible burger over, yes. uh, even beyond. over beyond. Yeah. Impossible just has, and it's crazy. I, I know yeah. what, we're, what we're saying sounds insane to people who are just like, just have a fucking burger, dude. Well, but that's your, that, that's no one in America will ever make that illegal. I promise right. you. You'll yes. always have that freedom. That is, you'll always have, you'll always be able to get a gun and you'll always be able to kill an animal if you feel like it in this country. You're in luck. You're in luck. There's no danger of that being taken away from you. There's a certain person, I mean, there's a certain type of person in this country that can't think of anything but the slippery slope anytime mm-hmm. anything happens do you like remember like gay marriage people's fear were like what's next men will be married to their dogs and it's right like, and you're like why are you thinking about that <laughs> yeah why are you thinking and it's like well, why'd you say that why'd you bring that up <laughs> yeah that's that feels a little too close to the front of your mind bud <laughs> are you right you... <laughs> what's your like what's your dog like is yeah. she pretty <laughs> what's going on <laughs> It's a slippery slope, and I hope we achieve that. Uh, we slip all the way down there. <laughs> yeah, I can't wait to stick my cock in my dog's slippery slope. What? What's wrong oh, with yeah. you? I don't know why I named my dog Slippery Slope. That's a, <laughs> the, the, That clearly points had, at it a I little too much. I guess it had something to do with her pussy. Yeah, people are terrible. <laughs> yeah, people, people. And then that's the thing now, too. It's like someone's like, oh, the new Impossible Burger for sale at Burger King. And then someone mm-hmm. will be like, if they try to take away my cows, I'll yeah, fucking shoot. Yeah, don't worry about it. Yeah, you'll like, be fine. You'll be okay. You'll be fine. Also, don't worry about it. No one's even saying switch over to processed meat completely, but maybe mm-hmm. if you have seven burgers a week, yeah. Seven. Why don't one day you have an impossible, and then that way you can just feel a little bit better about yourself. Yeah, or don't and put a gun in your mouth. I don't give a shit. At this <laughs> point, in this, at this point, this country, I feel like I am. I've chosen my side. If there's a civil war, I'm not saying we're gonna win. I'm just saying I know what side I'm on. You know what I mean? Like it's already begun, and I've chosen. Look, where it's coasts versus people with guns, and we're going to lose. But at least. We'll know what we stand for when we go down in flames. Yeah, if there was a true civil war, I know exactly what my role would be. It would yeah, be what's that? to be a spy for ah! the... Co- because it's like, hey, look, dude, you have racist face. You have to like, you have oh, a. Oh, that's interesting. You look good in backwards hats, and you have a big beard. It's your oh. job to go down to the protest and uh, interesting. Be, wear you this put on Hawaiian some shirt and like and yeah. nothing underneath <laughs> the Confederate we- flag or. <laughs> See, not me. You could. I. I look like um. You know, like Woody Allen's like, <laughs> like chunky sister. <laughs> I have like. I have that Ashkenazi like redhead coloring where it's like dark eyes and red hair and like. I once went to Ireland and I was in a bar and. And I said, you know, people back home like sometimes say I look Irish and they like literally laughed. And this old guy goes, he goes, yeah, East. He goes, you look Eastern European. <laughs> he wow. thought that was the funniest thing in the world that any American person would be so stupid as to see me and to think that I was anything besides a fucking Polak from the shtetl. I said, all right, buddy. All right, Matt. All right, McManus. What what a world, all right? Uh, I'm a redhead, a ginger. I'm being roasted in America. Everyone keeps saying I'm Irish. You go to Ireland. They're like, you're not fucking Irish. Yo, fuck you. <laughs> keep, oh, please. Keep Come on. <laughs> yeah, right. Nice one. They laughed in my face, which is fine. Can handle it. Uh, 
uh, New York food. Your yes. the shit you were the shit we're discussing is shit uh, I miss big time. We're talking pizza, okay. Chinese food, and I want to okay. give you. I'm gonna give you. What's a little, your favorite pizza, by the way, when you are here? Ooh, I will say, and it's more. This is nostalgia more than anything else. And th- this Joe's. Uh, Joe's. Rose's Pizza and Pasta in uh, Penn Station. <laughs> Oh no! Yes, yes. John. I swear. I'm sorry. I commute. That commu- sounds like drunk John making the decisions for. <laughs> yeah, for it sounds like John. Someone has a Long Island uh, tattoo on their bicep. Might enjoy oh. Rose's Pizza and Pasta and a giant Sam Adams with a straw in it for the. Commu- oh my god! For the commute. That's commu- so funny. <laughs> that is like my. I think that's a very New York slice because it come. It's like you. Mm-hmm. I'm a giant fucking insatiable animal and i can eat yeah. one slice of that and have to go to bed on the floor of penn station oh, it's that big it's 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 heavy it's like legit uh, it, and it's all and it's very good and you so can get good. like a four dollar 62 ounce beer you know like uh-huh. in a fucking big gulp with a straw wow love That's that heavenly. place yeah i i like a big slice too and you know i also really like his shitty pizza i love 99 cent pizza i love like a square like sicilian that looks like it could have been from a cafeteria oh yeah bowling I, alley I, pizza is what we call that like uh bir- heaven. birthday heaven. party pizza yeah, yeah because it's <laughs> doughy i don't like a thin crisp crust i like i like having my i like seeing like my own body like in front of me before i eat it which is doughy and dense yeah um and i same here doughy cheesy and a dash of sauce cheesy you know like there's some divots which could be dimples it could be my stomach uh my belly button you never know um and i don't like too much sauce i like you know I, i like to taste the bread and the cheese and then um I don't. The only thing I, I'm not crazy about pizza wise is, um, well, there's a couple slices at Two Boots I've always really loved. I love the um, Larry Tate, which is the like white pizza with oh, garlic yes. and spinach and like tomatoes. Yeah. But I don't like the Cajun. Like I don't like spicy sauce um, and like the cornmeal crust. Like that. That just bums me out. It's not my. It's not my thing. It's not my favorite. I like I like pizza flexing it on toppings. I find that to be I like throwback. Mm-hmm. Like I I lived by Lucali and uh, mm-hmm. and House of Pizza and Calzones in uh, Brooklyn's House of Pizza and Calzones, which were two of my favorite mm-hmm. pizza places. More, but I also like a pizza where they're like this is like growing up on Long Island. There was this place Gino's. There's they're actually like yes. a, a mini I've regional heard of chain. Gino's. Yes. Yeah. It's like where uh, anytime a relative dies, where you get a Gino's gift card is like the most Italian Long Island shit oh, ever. That sounds amazing. It is. It is awesome. I uh, when I when uh, my wife, who's from Westchester, we dated oh, in college. Oh, where in Westchester? She's from Croton on Harmon. Oh, uh, that's beautiful. Yeah. There's some beautiful restaurants there too that have a really nice view. I've been there for like Mother's Days and things. Yeah, it is like a it, I, and Scarsdale is like one of those too where you're like we can go to like a nice waterside restaurant or uh, small cutesy town. Scarsdale doesn't really have water as much as they just have good schools and they have like that little area by the train station where you could get like a seventy five dollar hoodie and yeah. <laughs> you know it's like very much about like. Right, it's it's very statusy, but it's not beautiful the way that like suburbs on the Hudson are beautiful. Right. Oh, okay. Cool. Yeah, I I remember it from my I com- I commuted to the city from Poughkeepsie my senior okay. year of school, so I remembered all the Metro North stops and like they all are burned into my head. I'm like Spite and Dival. I don't know what the fuck that is or where that right. is. <laughs> right, right, right. Oh yes, I remember all of those stops. But uh, so she's from Westchester. She's from Westchester. I'm from uh, I'm from Long Island, and in the summers in college when I would go up to visit her. I'd bring Gino's pizza to oh. her brothers and her uncles and her family. And I was like a fucking hero to bring this. Yeah. I'd drive fucking an hour and 45 minutes with two buffalo chicken pizzas in my car, fucking reeking of blue cheese and hot sauce by the time I pull up. But like, I was a king bringing fucking New York pizza to. They to- said, We will give you our. We, we've. What is that when you like give your daughter away to someone? They're like, She's yours. Yeah. It's we've like. Giving a- you consent to wed, to wed. It's my da- uh you may have my daughter's Your dowry. Yeah, yeah, my dowry is two pu- two pizzas. My, da- my dowry is eating the the pizzas you brought. <laughs> <Yeah>. uh, <laughs> it's really well, good pizza, but I will not yeah. tell my wife I traded two large pies for her with her Other father. East Coast pizza uh, phenomenons include uh Peppies in Connecticut. People oh. love their fucking clam pies. I love that clam pie. I really um, do love Frank Pepe's. It's so good. And then Mamaroneck has some really 
outstanding Italian um do you know Mamaronek? It's yes. also on the water. And they, there's Sal's is there, which is really outstanding. Oh, I have not had um, Mamaronek Sal's pizza. is great. It's right oh. across from the old movie theater where I saw the, the first Batman. Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, my favorite New York slice, I'm trying to, th- I mean, I really like the one in the <laughs> opening credits of Louie where he throws it away. That's Ben's. Because <laughs> there's two Ben's. There's, what, there's Ben's on Spring and then there's Ben's on West third and mcdougall and i really like the one on west third and mcdougall i pretty then, much agree yeah. with ev- I, I pretty much agree with everything louie does and likes oh, like really? I, yeah. you want to go on the record of saying that cool. put me on the record that i like his pizza well, his comedy and his yeah, belief system about social interaction and how yeah. he can't control himself around pizza um <laughs> and yeah try, and i and like i said those 99 cent places are really good the the, the one that stands no on my mind is that hell Kitchen one, the one that over by uh, Port Authority, uh-huh. that dollar slice place. I used it's to work not too far from there, so mm-hmm. I would drink over by there at yeah. Lansdowne Road, and sometimes I would just wander over and get that dollar fucking slice, and it was, I could eat that in one block. I would be like, just heat it up a little bit, and I'll be finished before I get on the A train. I yeah. love it. <laughs> no, I miss it. I miss it. That's the only thing I miss. Everything else I could do without, because it's easy to eat vegan junk food. Junk food and vegan, there's nothing that you're going to miss out on as far as like cakes, cookies, sweets, like right. and candy, like, like, oh, please, you're taken care of well underway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't need to worry about any kind of dairy or eggs like getting in the way of your joy in that particular department. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, I was thinking because like vegan food that's also fun is shit like chicken nuggets flavored and but like you can anything that's like sort of yeah. that Trader Joe's yeah sure. tra- the Trader Joe's throw in the oven and heat up like oh it's a puff yes. pastry with uh, vegetables inside like I know those- and I have to be better about eating fewer processed foods and more about like oh is LA still all over the fucking bowls because I have to say. The bowls bum me out. The bowls where like every, all the ingredients are like separated, but they're still in a bowl. And you're like, I don't know how to make one. And I don't know what dressing goes with it. I like <laughs> yeah. a poke. I like a poke bowl. I know that those ingredients are good because I like sushi. I like poke bowls. I like mm-hmm. the, the weird like uh, I, I call them weird. I'm sorry. They're not mm-hmm. weird. But like the vegan bowls. That's like it's almond butter, blueberries, bananas, no. asahi. No. And you stir no. it up and it's like no. a brownish sludge. No. It, Make me a smoothie or go fuck off. I don't want to. <laughs> this is like. No, wait, you, that's a T-shirt, by the way. Make me yeah, a smoothie. Make or this a smoothie. <laughs> Because that's like, um, I remember reading, and I don't know if he still is, but I remember reading about Woody Harrelson being a raw vegan, and his whole thing was, you gotta love a salad, man. You gotta love a salad. (laughs) What a terrible life to have to have a different version of a salad, like three meals a day, and that's what those things remind me of, and they they completely bum me out. Maybe get used to it. Uh, Have you traveled yet since going plant-based? Because I find that's when New York and L.A. vegans or, or... are gluten-free heads or celiacs yes, or whatever. Yes, yes, When you travel is when shit hits the fan, is when you're like, oh, I don't have my go-to place where I know I can get this snack or yeah. this, there's not a fucking Erewhon on my corner where I can get... Absolutely. It's challenging traveling with allergies, let alone traveling with oh, vegan yes, stuff yes. too. But the good news is I usually don't really go anywhere that isn't like an urban... You know, <laughs> right, I, I, was in, I was in Toronto and they couldn't have been nicer or more accommodating or, you know, I... Got like an oat milk latte in the morning from my hotel and they were incredibly, you know, accommodating. And the same thing. And last time I was in L.A., I said to the chef at like the restaurant of the hotel I was staying at, I said, listen, I'm I'm vegan. He goes, well, we don't have that many vegan options in the menu. And he was like, we just have these seven. <laughs> Are you joking? And he goes, oh, you're not from here. And I said, wow, we wow. Okay, guys. Which was cool. Um, that is yeah. some that is some legit LA shit. It's like Very sorry, LA. we only have seven vegan options. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, exactly. So so far that's been so good. But then again, I don't, you know, I'm lucky enough not to have uh, you know, family or or like a spouse that lives in a part of the country that is just going to be really tough for me to do anything besides sit in the dark eating crackers. Right, right. Where you're like, Which I can do. It's not below me. You could like always get like a, you know. A mushroom cap on the grill, you know, like when like when oh, the vegan option is just a giant portobello. Uh, you know, the, I Julia Child, by the way, who I don't know that much about, but I, I know she said two things, which I 
really appreciate. One is actually something I disagree with, which is why she she always liked French. She always thought French food was superior to Italian food because fr- French food was more about like combining ingredients and making them into like another completely different thing. Whereas Italian food is literally like, hey, look, I cut this tomato in half. Yeah. And Italian me, food is like, yeah. ma- make this meat reddish. Exactly. And, <laughs> and you just sort of like you pick ingredients and you combine them and then you're ready to eat. Whereas the French are just like, I've invented this 12 step sauce. And you're like, congratulations. <laughs> All I want is a fucking like plate of spaghetti. But the the thing that Julia's child said, which I think about all the time, is that she doesn't like grilled vegetables because they are both burnt and raw at the same time. Ah. I thought that was brilliant. (laughs) Brilliant. So when some piece of shit like tosses a pepper on the grill and thinks that you're happy, he is wrong. He is wrong and he needs to be way more thoughtful about the fact that, look, it's very easy to, if you burn a vegan hot dog, you're fine. You're really just after like something salty with a good enough texture that you're going to surround with a bun and enough condiments that you're just going to be happy anyway. Um, and same thing with burgers, I think. I mean, I don't know. I'm also not someone that's ever like loved, 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 loved meat. So I, right. you know, I don't want to like speak to an experience that people really are going to miss with that kind of thing. Yeah, no, I totally understand that. That makes yeah. that makes sense. Here's another, uh, and this this will be like a three hit combo here. It combines yes. Jewish and Italian culture, yes. and and it's a real New York food that's lacking out here. Yes. the deli. Yeah, well, you guys have canters, right? We have canters, but what else? Anything that would be else? like having. That would be yes. There's another one that people really like. That is a, the name is escaping me at the moment, mm-hmm. but like I. Like in New York, you have the bodega, which is sort of takes up a mm-hmm. little bit. Of, but there are true Italian and Jewish delis everywhere. But then there's also uh, like a bagel place or a, a bodega that you can get bagels and get delis. That the sandwich, like the the quick grab sandwich for under yes. ten dollars, just does not yes. exist in Los Angeles. When you and, say quick grab, you mean they're already made? No, I mean like. Uh, you can pop oh, in just and going be- into a deli and being like, I want like pastrami on right, that kind of thing. Exactly. Especially yeah. like a late night sandwich is something is the maybe the main thing mm. I miss most from New York. Got but just, it. Here, let me run you through this little anecdote. There's a place that opened mm-hmm. right by my house called Uncle Paulie's, uh, okay. which is uh, credits itself to be in a, uh, in a New York Italian style deli. So he- it, like heroes. Yeah. Like, so it's yeah. heroes. Uh, and. You know, and it's like we're we're making sandwiches over here. You know, we're we're Paul Uncle Paulie's. So I'm like, this is exactly what I've been waiting for. I go there, I get like a nine dollar Italian sandwich, and it's on like brioche, and the what? amount the amount of meat is like a mil a centimeter thick, and I'm like. What? This is not New York style sandwiches. I get that's. Not, I don't even know what that is. What Italian person uses brioche as a base? Yeah, what Italian? Yeah, and then like. I'm I'm talking I want that sandwich where the cross section is like oh I could see 40 slices of fucking turkey or prosciutto yes, or whatever it I'm on should be a rainbow should, Exactly and these people and then the, That makes me sick I want to give them another chance cuz someone's like have you no one I trust, but everyone always goes, have you had Uncle Polly's? So recently I was like, I'll try it again. Yeah. And it was during quarantine. So I walk up to do takeout and I walk up and I go, hey, can I get the uh, Italians, whatever this one, uh, hot and sweet peppers? And the woman goes, uh, yeah, sure. Uh, to go. I'm like, I mean, obviously it's to go. And, and she's like, mm-hmm. yeah, that should be about 25, 30 minutes. And what I are go, you doing? You picking the peppers? <laughs> that's what I said. I said, I go, for the for just the sandwich, it's 30 minutes? She goes, yeah. And then this is the shit that broke my heart. And she was like, mm. we have a lot of Postmates orders to get through. And I uh, went, I'm a fucking man, I'm a, a person standing at your restaurant. You can't yeah. cut ahead and just whip me up one sandwich? I'm a man standing in front of a woman who's I am telling a me it's going to take 30 <laughs> minutes to put my pickled peppers on my... <laughs> well, did you wait? Did you wait? Was it worth the wait? No, I said, go- I said, I said, I can't stand here for thirty minutes and wait for a sandwich. That's uh huh. That's insane. The New Yorker in me would just not allow that. I was like, oh, right. I'll just eat a fucking like ring ding right. from a liquor store. Well, you guys though, you do wait for, I guess. 
takeout, right? Because you like order. Well, I guess it's all different from from COVID, but I just remember there's a lot of like pickup more than delivery, and so you do have to be like, okay, we'll swing by in like 30 minutes. Is that is that not heard of anymore? Yeah, we uh, especially in COVID, take takeout is picked up because, right? Del- I think, and I, I do a, I did a fair amount of delivery, and I, I would mm-hmm. say b- amongst the apps. Mm-hmm. I'm at like a 25% hit rate of getting the right thing at a decent time. <laughs> like, huh. and, and I'm spending a four and everything feels overcharged. And, right. And recently me and my wife have just been slightly better about who's being designated drivers to do pickup. It's like, all right. That's what I was going to say is you can't do pickup when you, when it's just you, where are you going to park? And yeah, it, it gets difficult. And then also like the reason I'm usually ordering is because I'm like, oh, I'm fucked up. Let's get some uh, quesadillas delivered. Yeah, you have to be hungry and that's yeah. a terrible place to order food from. Yeah, exactly. And so then we start doing takeout and everything's like $80 cheaper. It's like it's just crazy. Like skipping wow. Postmates or Grubhub and just calling a yeah. restaurant and doing yeah, pickup yeah. like it. Like it's 2007 or whatever. Right. And it's so fucking convenient. Right. And, and so that's much what cheaper. they want you to do. And they're not going to be screwed by the apps. And yeah, I hear you. And I, I just had to get over one hump of laziness and one. All, all we need is like five minutes of foresight before I smoke or before my wife pours a drink is like, wait, should mm-hmm. we discuss how we're going to get this food? Yes. <laughs> Yes, yes, like, you must have that conversation. Well, yeah. deli-wise, New York City no longer has Carnegie Deli, which was really more of like at a certain point became a midtown tourist attraction more than anything else. I mean, I don't think people were there because the sandwiches tasted good as much as they were, you know, just like the way that like a steakhouse would have that Mississippi mud pie that was just like really tall. So it was more about the presentation than it was right, about whether right. it wasn't actually a good slice of cake. Um, but it's still a bummer that it's gone. That's where there's there's like a little mean to you, right? That's like they get a little light wiener circle um, at that one. Maybe I'm I was never a Carnegie Deli uh, frequenter. I've always been a Second Avenue Deli um, fan, and I know that they're expensive, but I really do think it's worth it. I think Second Avenue Deli is a real New York deli. I think Katz's Deli is a tourist attraction, and it's for alcoholics. Yes. People that are just like they want to line up and, and they of course. And it's a wonderful experience to take a number and, you know, tip the guy and he'll give you more meat and all that stuff. It's really a fun experience to have in New York City. But, you know, Second Avenue Deli will not put fucking cheese on your sandwich like they won't, you know, they won't put mayonnaise <laughs> like the, there are things that Katz's does with, that are just not what kosher deli or Jew, I don't even say kosher Jewish delis right do and so yeah for I that mean the reason, cardinal like sin the Disney of world of yeah yeah, yeah, yeah the yeah, cardinal sin is meat and cheese together and if they're slapping no, you can't right exactly <laughs> so so second avenue deli is um is meat and then separate from that is appetizing which is Russ and daughters and all the bagel places oh, and that's yes, always yes. been my my weaknesses uh has always been like the you know the kugel and the different kinds of cream cheese and all the different kinds of salmon and that that stuff is just oh. my favorite are you are you a, a bagel fan love bagels love bagels of course, absolutely. Bagels are a fucking dream. I love a yeah. brec- a breakfast sandwich on a bagel. This is like mm-hmm. whenever we go to Long Island, it's like we go to Bagel Town Cafe in Belmore yeah. and get a giant yeah. iced coffee, a bagel sandwich. Yeah. What's your bagel? I mean, I know now you're uh, vegan, but right I- now, now I've been doing like tofu cream cheese, and I put like. Um, you know, cucumbers and basil and like red onion and tomato on it because tofu cream cheese isn't delicious. It's just tofu is very like adaptable. It can taste like anything you really want it to. Yeah. And so you think Um, the the tofu cream cheese comes out decent? It's, I mean, it's not delicious. It, it, like I said, it like adapts to its surroundings. So if you mix in vegetables, it's going to taste like the vegetables. If you slap um, a piece of lox on there. That, yeah, but that then it's not vegan. And that's why I'm having a hard time struggling with the fish of it all. Oh, because um, I, I love a yeah. bagel with cream cheese and lox. I know, I love, me too. Yeah. I know, me too, me too. I just might have to come to terms with the fact that I'm pescatarian. But um, no, I love like a vegetable cream cheese. In the past, my traditional, I mean, I've never been one to put meat on bagels just because bagels to me have always been dairy and dairy in Jewish terms also includes fish because the Jews are so disrespectful to the fish. And maybe this is part of my inherent like resistance (laughs) to being completely vegan is that like the Jews have always considered the fish a vegetable. A fish is not meat. 
So you right. can have meat, which is pastrami and chicken and all that stuff. But then dairy is milk and fish. Fish is considered like, <laughs> I mean, how mean is that to fish? It's really mean. Is it because fish don't make their own milk? And like, that's like the loophole, right? That never, that's never once occurred, occurred to me. Ah, because I but always they thought don't, they, they don't. That's interesting that milk begets meat. I don't know. I just know that. It's the way that the Pope decided a capybara was a fish because they didn't want to not eat them during Lent. And you're like, okay, weirdo. <laughs> yeah, I know. All right, okay, you jerk. Like, I, like, I, I declare that this is a fish. It's obviously not, but any, fine. Anyone who says religion and science buttheads, it's like, <laughs> no, oh, they don't. It's like, this guy's oh, yeah. like, yo, that's a fish now. It's oh, like, no, 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 that's fuck not you. That If you want to eat an animal, go for it, but don't, you know, piss on my leg and tell me it's raining. Come on. Wait, that wasn't that the name of uh, Judge Judy's Judge book? Judy's, yeah, it's the, only bu- it's the only book I've ever read. <laughs> I've read the Torah and don't piss on my leg and tell yes, me it's I've read right. the entire Torah. What a book. What a book. A lot of ups, Love a lot of downs. <laughs> I might I might do it on audiobook this summer while I work out. Why not? What a great Yeah, that'll definitely keep you motivated cuz the Jews love working. I mean, exercise has really been our number one passion since the beginning of time. Yeah. We really love getting shredded. <laughs> I've heard I've heard a specific passage from the Torah 70 times in my life just due to which, uh, which one whatever they say at the bar mitzvah and bat mitzvahs whatever the you mean the prayer yeah at the beginning of the because here's the thing about bar and bat mitzvahs is every bar and bat mitzvah they read a different part of the Torah oh so maybe I've, I'm about maybe to blow I know, your mind maybe yeah, I'm about to blow your thing. mind so this is the thing you're based on when you were born so they read the Torah all year round so by the time you get to Rosh Hashanah you're up to the part about Rosh Hashanah. By the time you get to Passover, you're about for the past the oh, part cool. about Passover, right? So if I have my bat mitzvah in April, because they read the Torah little by little every week, it will be a um, so people so Jews will be like, "What was your Torah portion about?" And someone will say, "Mine was you know whatever it was. Mine was like Joseph and the amazing Technicolor dream coat, or mine was this." Uh, mine was about, you know, Jacob not wanting to kill Isaac last minute. And then, you know, God said, you did good or whatever the fucking story is. Don't and the whale. <laughs> My Torah portion was about which animals were and weren't kosher, which is the stupidest, most boring part of. I mean, I don't want to say the stupidest, most boring, because there's a lot of stupid stuff that's either boring or just like shitty. There's the one about Lot's daughters, which is totally gross and weird. But mine was literally about like, if an animal chews its own cut it is not kosher but if it has you know if it has like flight of fin like it was just such a stupid awful you know portion but that's what you do during your bar bat mitzvah and the stuff that you've heard a million times is the prayer that goes before it which is like thank you god for giving us this torah that we're about to read from hallelujah like that's basically the thing that you say before you get to the thing ah so that's what i so that's what i'm familiar with the yep you yeah. learn something. And then I will also say that the the song is basically the same because there's only like four or five, I don't want to say four or five, maybe like 10 or 12 like sounds that you kind of connect when you're reading the Torah. So like, da, 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 da. So you just have to <laughs> <laughs> exchange. That's the melody. You're just going to switch up the lyrics. That literally was like uh, the, the the Muppets present the Torah. Like that, the way that sounded <laughs> like it was like, yeah. I could see like Sesame Street yeah. teaching the Torah in that way. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> and then it ends with ba, ba, da, 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 ba, ba, da, 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 da. <laughs> I yeah, it's it sucks. <laughs> and then you get a nice juicy challah, and everybody loves a challah. Oh man, I bar, bar and bar mitzvahs were a dream mm-hmm. come true for a oh yeah, fourteen year old gentile. It's just like oh, slice dan- up a challah, the best, right? Oh, food like yeah. sort of unattended booze in a way at some places. Oh yeah, at- because we're drinking that that's for you guys yeah we don't we're not we're just more interested in the food and then after usually after a bar and bat mitzvah the shul will provide like manischewitz a bunch of challahs and then like a lot of tuna salads like more people don't understand how much mayonnaise is involved in judaism because mayonnaise is considered to be such a like you know white bread kind of food yeah we use mayonnaise a lot there's a lot Ooh. Of tuna salad, a lot of potato salad. There's definitely um, a generous amount of that 
uh, of that condiment in our culture for some reason. Mayo you know? has no animal byproduct in it, right? It does. It has eggs. Oh, shit. It has was, eggs, yeah. Uh, I was going to say, mayo is a solid grilled cheese uh, butter substitute. Oh, it, I've never used... Ooh, I've never, I've never done that. Not, not to be, like, gross, because, you know, obviously, like... There's mayo and chocolate cake that's supposed to be outstanding. Yeah. Um, you know, like sour cream and chocolate cake when I used to bake that way, like was always outstanding. I have found that when it comes to like substitutes, when it comes to baking, not that you're a baker, but if anyone listening is a baker, <laughs> vin vinegar is a really great substitute for eggs just because it leavens and it burns off in the oven you're not going to taste anything that tastes like vinegar it just does a really good job of um it's just like a neutral leavening agent and you don't need to worry about like i don't know there's some funky egg substitutes that kind of like weird me out they they can smell a little sulfuric oh. um so yeah so vin vinegar just keep in mind vinegar is a good thing to put in to a cake experiment with it i promise it's oh, not that, gonna be it's not gonna be gross that makes a lot of sense that sounds yeah, awesome. yeah 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 yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and definitely be liberal with your baking powder and baking soda when it comes to that stuff like i, I said it's not hard to make vegan sweets that's easy it's the it's the other stuff that's challenging do you do you have a go-to uh vegan sweet you make for yourself or if you have to bring somewhere to like sell people on your ve uh, um, vegan sweets do you have a, that's a, a really good question a high um, hit rate one there's a there's a really great coconut cake recipe on uh, Smitten Kitchen, which is one of my favorite websites. She's actually beginning to write more vegan recipes, but um, I love her. She's a beautiful writer, Deb Perlman. So she's got a cake recipe on there called Plush Coconut Cake, um, which is excellent, always a hit. And then you can mess around with the frosting. Like I made like a tofuti cream cheese frosting um, instead of like a drizzle. But oh, yeah, yeah. It's very easy and it doesn't have any strange ingredients where you have to be like, what the hell is, you know, how do I get agar? Or um, <laughs> yeah. what's that stuff that they call like you make meringue out of like the liquid that's in um, uh, uh, like chickpea, like when you open a thing of chickpeas and there's like liquid i think that's called like aquaveda or something and oh, people geez. can make i know and i'm like i don't come on i can't i could barely open a can of sauce for my noodles so um i don't go there but the the plush coconut cake recipe i strongly recommend oh that sounds fucking delicious it's good I, it's good smitten kitchen was the smitten uh, kitchen is one of my favorite recipe websites it's beautifully oh. i i love her writing and her recipes are terrific i really recommend it Oh, that's awesome. I'll check that out. Yeah. Uh, before we get out of here, one last thing. Yes. What, uh, I'm trying to think of like, are there any foods that are like low key New York foods for like people who we all know pizza, mm -hmm. uh, deli sandwiches, Chinese mm -hmm. food. Is there something that I'm like, I'm, am, am I missing something that I didn't realize was very like that New York pulled off very well? That, that we pulled out that we're really good at, like that's foolproof or that's, um, yeah, sometimes we're still figuring out. I feel like we're still, still circling like the bon me yes. stuff. We can't, we can't hold, listen, we're never going to compete with you guys when it comes to sushi. You guys have the best sushi, uh, I guess cause it's West coast. I don't exactly, I don't fully understand how that ends up. I we're, don't know how either, but we're like it's four one of those, hours closer to Japan. You like, guys <laughs> are not screwing around when it comes yeah. to sushi. You, you really sushi and avocados there, there's just you're not going to and also like a lot of fruits like your strawberries are sweeter the, produ um, the produce game yeah. out here is kind of strong and that's like the biggest yes. change i've seen was like absolutely ju just the way produce looks out here uh, absolutely absolutely um but there's a couple of like you know, my favorite restaurants, there's that place, Parm, which is really nice. Frank is still holding court, even though there was like a COVID-related thing connected to it. Second Avenue Deli, I'll love till the day I die. Yeah. And then Veselka, which is a mainstay, which oh, is still kicking ass. Yeah, Polish food. Oh, the sweet sweet potato pierogies. Are, I'm just such a fan of those. I mean, I'm a fan of a lot of that shit on the menu. Absolutely. Veselka is, is I mean... <sighs> When that when that goes out of business, I might have to leave New York because that is just uh, Veselka is my favorite. And it's still 24 hours. It's still, you know, in the East Village, as much as the East Village has changed, that that sort of stays the same. And then it has a bigger diner menu for people that are like, I don't know what pierogies or stuffed cabbage are all about. You yeah. can still get your stupid <laughs> hamburger or whatever. But um, no, they, they have the best um, 
linces and I like a my my I personally like a boiled pierogi over a fried pierogi because it's just Ooh. doughier. Um, yeah, yeah, I don't I I don't mind at all. I like a yeah, I I like a very mushy dumpling. Um fat is less <laughs> important to me than like starch. Um but um but yeah, I love it. And there's you soups just, and yeah. You just outed my OnlyFans name, uh, Mushy Dumpling. Oh, uh, so, so. I'm sorry. It'll <laughs> be private. It'll be our secret. Yes. Please, uh, uh, please, Emma, edit this part out where she reveals my... Don't you dare edit it out, Emma. <laughs> uh, Klausner, thank you yes. so much for doing this. Uh, thank you for having me. It was a delight chatting with you. Since I accidentally ran into you at Beetlejuice at, on oh, Broadway. Oh, I love Beetlejuice. I, I wish it was still, I wish, I don't know what's going to happen with Broadway, but I love that show. That was a wonderful show. I enjoyed yeah, it thoroughly. I and loved it. And then I saw you there and I was like, oh, I should have Klausner on my podcast. And then when you and Sharpling launched yours, I was like, well, now I have a reason. Absolutely. <laughs> and please listen to Double Threat because I love it and I do it every week with my pal. Tom Sharpling, who I've known for over a decade and who's uh, kind of like my idol when it comes to all matters of comedy and podcasting. And so to be able to do this show with him weekly and to make each other laugh every week has just been, I mean, it's its definitely been, I don't want to say like a highlight of 2020 as much as one of the only good things that's happened this year is I get to to, to have fun doing that show and people seem to like it and they send us stuff to goof on and it's just a it's I, I just love doing it so much so please listen to it and it's called Double Thread it's on the Forever Dog network and um, wherever you get it's podcasts it's just two funny people having fun it's just but people making, you know, funny people making each other laugh. There's worse things. Yeah, you guys are fucking hysterical and Thank have you. been have been in a lot of different ways separate of each other. So it's exciting that you guys are doing this together. Thanks. And no, it's so fun. I know it's well past the point, and it's like not mm-hmm. going to get you any. Uh, it's not going to get you any extra cash or anything, but. Mm-hmm. Difficult people is so fucking funny. If oh, people have thank if, you. if people haven't ripped through all of that, it's yeah. out it's on Hulu, right? It's still it's streaming. On Hulu. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. I highly recommend if you're just like in the time of people are throwing on half hour comedies to yeah. uh, just to feel good. Yeah, highly stop recommend your time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just put on you can watch a season in an afternoon and the show mm-hmm. is you guys are it's so joke dense and yes, uh, yes, yes. You're, and such a strong point of view Thank that you. It, it's exactly what people like in comedy like i hope so i had the i had a blast i mean it was it was the, the thing i'm proudest of and i'm i just love it so much and i miss it so yeah thank you, you. you guys you guys were so fucking good together and it was such thank a funny you. show so thank uh, you yeah please thank you for making it so check out difficult people check out double threat and julie what uh, want to drop your social media where people can find you nah all right perfect hunt her out <laughs> <laughs> She'll be tagged in the post about okay, this fucking episode. Okay, thanks for having me. <laughs> bye, bye, shitheads. That was a headgum podcast.